So my question is this, Traylon, do you think now that we've spent the better part of an hour <laughs> trying to get all the technical glitches, glitches ironed out, you think we're actually ready to record? I am. Okay, let's do it. You're listening to The Dumb Will Speak, a podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Dumb Will Speak. I'm Roy. I'm Clayton. Wow. I guess when I turn, <laughs> when I change the volume on you, you sounded like the old days. I'm Clayton. Oh, did they know the again? For half a second, it did. It was like, I'm trailing. <laughs> what about now? We good now? Well, it is a little garbled. What's up with that? I don't know. I haven't really changed nothing. Let me see if I can. What about there? We good there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not okay. peeking too much now. Maybe I hit. Maybe I hit the gain just a little bit on the mic. I'm not used to having all these settings on my end. I'm used to you controlling that. Well, as we peer behind the curtain, reference to uh, to uh, 1939s. Wizard of Oz noted. Um, we peer behind the curtain to see the man behind the curtain. The point is, you've got a whole new setup, and this is the first time we've used it. We tried to record two, two weeks ago on my day off on a Friday, and it was a disaster. You were having issues with your computer. We were having issues getting sound to even record, and um, no video for either one of us to talk to each other. It's hard to communicate. It's hard for me to not see you. If I don't see you, it's hard for me to talk to you. That's just a hang Yeah, out. it... Well, and it was one of those every setting that we tried, it, it, it just seemed work. to get worse. Yeah. And um, it, not only that, it just got worse. I mean, it was like, well, I mean, that should work. And, you know, and so it, it, it was just time we'd kind of outgrown the old blue snowball for me here. <laughs> we had outgrown that. Uh, settings were mediocre at best. I mean, it was just limit on what you could do with it. And you wanted a new computer anyway and was going to get one, and then you got a heck of a um, like a bonus package by getting the computer. You were able to get this microphone, the boom stand. You said your, you told me a while ago your headphones and uh, a new webcam, right? Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff. Man, so. your camera looks great too, by the way. It's like, yeah, you're up yeah, there now. Yeah, I got now. a bunch of stuff. Is the camera 4K or 1080p? Um. I'd have to find the box. <laughs> well, I, I don't remember. Well, it's so realistic. It, it looks you, like you're in the room with me. It really does. Well, and that's what we've been kind of shooting for because there is a distance gap between our homes yeah. that is just with this. Well, we've talked about this. this is the point of my life with the way the kids yeah. at the age they are, we're different directions with sports and. Uh, today we're actually doing the run hunting. Oh, so, so uh, deer hunting again? Yes, we're 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 finishing out. This is the last weekend. Oh wow! So last weekend for us anyway. Yeah, and my well, nine year old is eat up with it. So oh wow, that's great though. That is great. Um, so um, 
When we tried to record two weeks ago, we were doing our, uh, you know, what's in your library segment, and um, I didn't get to see the books and or anything like that, but you did tell me that you'd picked up some new things, and a couple of them are really fascinating. One of them you said you're going to loan me so I can read it. Tell them about that book. It's the Eschatology book. It is a book that several people were in it. I had to look to remember. So, um, it's a book on the rapture is what it is. Um, Richard Rittner. Let's say, let's just go to what they wrote here. Okay. All right. So the case for the development of the rapture positions is Richard Rittner. The case for pre-trib is Paul Feinberg, Paul D. Feinberg. Uh, the response against that is from uh, Gleason Archer and Doug Moo. The case for the mid-70th week rapture is Gleason Archer, so mid-trib. Uh, the rebuke to that is Paul Feinberg and Doug Moo. The okay. case for post-trib is Doug Moo and Glenn uh, Archer and Feinberg write the, uh, the rebuke to that or the response to that. Wow. Sounds so, fascinating. It's not a bad Dick little book. I mean, it was just something. It's like two or three dollars on eBay. So you know. you're always really good at finding these things. I like that about you. Here was the here was the one I've been looking at for a couple of years. Oh yeah, and, and I, I never could find. So this is the synopsis was, synopses of the four gospels by Kurt Allen. Yep, by the American bible society and every time i would look at it it was 50 60 dollars and just too rich for my blood and i found it for brand new which to uh, our listeners eight or nine dollars which to our listeners if the name island sounds familiar it's because of the nestle island um uh, text that is printed every couple of years and that's the um the basic text used for uh, bible translations in the you know in the modern era the only thing I thought was odd about this is the synopsis of the four Gospels. Mm -hmm. So he's the only one that I know of, and there's probably more. But most of them, when it talks about the synopsis, it's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The, the three synoptic gospel. that actually follow the life story as opposed to John, which is more theological and starts with, in the beginning was the Word, saying it takes it back to Genesis and creation. And, and yeah, and he includes John, which for the most part, if you look, I don't know if you can see it very good, but like John is blank on a lot of them. Sure, because so, he doesn't follow the and same. And that's how it lays them out. There's only a, and, what? Isn't there only two or three miracles and storylines in there that are, appear in all four Gospels, I think? Um, I know one that appears in all four was the trial before um, Pilate. Uh, I'm going to say there's only three maybe maybe there's a fourth there's a miracle that he does and i can't remember which it is but it's in all four gospels obviously we didn't prepare for this segment <laughs> yeah no and, and i know barabbas and Pilate. maybe there's only very few on a incidents right. that i would say that were recorded in all four, in all four. I, I think uh, barabbas that that whole tr that whole thing was uh Pilot was, and I'm trying to remember the other ones. I, I'll have to, yeah, that I'm not, sorry, I'm not prepared to answer this. Yeah, question. I understand. Me too. I, <laughs> me too. I, I brought it up. I brought up something that I didn't even remember the answer myself, but I know uh, there is. There's one of his miracles appears in all four. We'll, and I was thinking we'll, we'll there's an overlap on some of the parables, but other than that, yeah, you're right. John's a little different than the other three uh, and doesn't do so much as a synopsis of his life. 
as a detailing of his ministry in that in like his theology. Oh, I did get the other book that me and you were talking. Oh, I did get these other ones. I forgot. I forgot. Hold on, we're not done. <laughs> Hold on, we're not even close. So, yeah, I just grabbed the, this. So, the other ones we was talking about. Uh, this one I'm really excited about. You can see that the imputation of Adam's sin, John Murray by John Murray. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, good theology. That, that one, that one was a really good short, short read. Not bad. Look, which Chalen takes us to the the one of the saddest things out there is is so many people who claim you know <laughs> we believe the Bible and et cetera, but they don't believe in the in, in the in the sort of I don't know. Imputate the original sin concept. They want to deny that. They want to well, say that man's actually born innocent and grows into sin. You know, and makes a he chooses a path at some point in his life. At that point, he becomes lost. That's not that's not biblical. He's born in sin. Well, listen to just the headings. Chapter one: uh, the sin contemplated, the Pelagian view, the Roman Catholic view, Calvin's interpretation, the classic. Protestant interpretation. Chapter 2, the union involved, the realistic view, the representative view, the nature of imputation, meditated or immediate, and the sin imputed. It's it's only 70-something pages. I mean, it's not a, a, a long book. You could read it in a well, couple hours. The same Christians and theologians that will say, well, we believe that God imputes the righteousness of Jesus to us. They believe in the imputation of righteousness. They want to deny the imputation of sin given to us by the federal headship of Adam. I just and don't, then, it boggles the mind. Then the other one here, Puritan paperback, John Flavel, Mystery of Providence. Oh. So, the, so far we're up, we have a total of those three books counting the rapture of less than ten. Showing the and, holdover of Puritan influence on some of our founding fathers. That was their main view of uh, the main word they used for God and for his plans for man and his lordship over nations was they would call it divine providence. Everything was about the providence, the providential God, the providence of God, God's providence. It's, you find it constantly in our founding fathers. So the library of Christian classics, Lutheran, hold on, Luther and Erasmus, free will and salvation. Oh, it is a handwritten or not, you know, the books obviously type, but it's, uh, they're back and forth debate. Oh, so they, you get the actual text of their, um, yeah. Bondage of the will and all that. Yeah. Great. It, it, it uh, let's see. And is there like, is there like commentary and historical editing and backgrounds on it? Yeah, I haven't got to this yet. This is kind of next. So, there's Erasmus on the, the freedom of the will. Uh, it is his uh, observations. Erasmus acknowledges his limitations and states his point of view. His dislike of assertions, the purity of scripture. Some truths are not common. Uh, not for common ears, the dangers of in, inherent in Luther's teaching and then introduction to the disputation. Luther is opposed not only by scripture, but also by... Uh, weighty authority in church fathers. I mean, it, it's just, I, I, I mean, I couldn't, <laughs> there, there's, just, I couldn't read, you know, then like here's the parts uh, for the defensive arguments against free choice, you know. I mean, it's a back and forth debate, but in, in book form.
it gets to the nature, the very heart of uh, one of our one of the topics we're working on right now, which is between the two of us, is to to start working on justification. Is um, it, it starts really the back and forth begins kind of there in that in that what you're seeing in that book. Um, he says, you said that Erasmus argues that uh, Luther is disputed by early church fathers. That, church fathers. That's not really true. Early church fathers mostly held to just the, basically the same justification, justification by faith, the one found in Scripture. They weren't all about work salvation. That came in later. Well, what does what does Al Mohler call himself? Augustinian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, he call he won't even call himself Calvinistic. He calls himself uh, Augustinian. Augustine. And what did we discover that? What was it? We had a conversation that you were one way, I was another way. What was that video? Um, there was a video on YouTube. Um, I'm blanking on the guy on the gentleman's name, but he's I believe Canadian. He is a Reformed Baptist uh, pastor, and he he goes to Reform Con and different things. So he know he probably knows. James White, Vody Bauckham, among us, amongst others, and he gives this, 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 the question that was sent to him was kind of poorly worded, but it was asking about the difference in in denominations or in Baptists and in Protestants on the idea of how we're saved and on what is, you know, that sort of thing, and and he just decides, I guess, to sort of take it a little bit further, and he talks about the differences between in the Baptist camp. What is Reformed Baptist? And it he breaks it down to two types of people that are correct, that he feels is correct on, ju- on the doctrines of grace, justification by faith, and all that. It's He has them listed as Calvinistic Baptists, and he has them listed as Reformed Baptists. And then he defines them and breaks them down. And basically, a Reformed Baptist would in general hold to one of the, one of the confessional creeds, um, they would have a slightly higher view, probably, of uh, ecclesiology. Um, they would agree on baptism for the most part, and they definitely agree on the five points of Calvin. So a Calvinistic Baptist, he, he points that out, would be someone like John MacArthur. One of their key differences, besides ecclesiology, the idea of holding to a um, the doctrinal creed, in all in all of its fullness, like the London Baptist of Confession of 1685, that type of thing, would be um, eschatology. A re- a Reformed Baptist eschatology would be basically that of the reformers themselves and of the even of the medieval church, the Catholic Church, and others. It would either be amillennial or postmillennial, and a Calvinistic Baptist could have any of those views, but would more likely lean towards premillennialism or even a form of dispensationalism. He brings up John MacArthur. Now, I would add to this, he did not, but I would add to this list Reverend Al Mohler that we just spoke about, Dr. Mohler. Why? Why? Because he is a premillennialist. He has said it on on his program many times. He's a premillennialist. Um, I think he believes in a pre-trib rapture. Am I correct? I'm pretty sure. I think he does. I'm I know he's. Positive. I know he's premillennial. I'm not sure exactly about the whole dispensational issue. I know he's not a full dispensationalist because he talks about that and he's a little bit critical of it. Um, that being said, he is. You know, he is. Uh, he's a rapture guy. He is. He is a, a real seven-year tribulation. I do know that. He's talked about that. And then there's um, John MacArthur. Obviously, he mentions him. He doesn't really bring a lot of other people in that Calvinistic branch, but he separates them from someone like. 
Dr. James White, um, Pastor Jeff Durbin, Dr. Vody Bach. Is, is Vody Bach some kind of doctorate? Mm, he had an MD if he was working on a doctorate. He's, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I couldn't answer that he was working on one. Vody Bauckham, and then himself, the guy listed himself in that creed, and that is that they follow a confessional creed, uh, and they, although they get along with MacArthur, and they, they love MacArthur, and they agree with him on most issues, they differ in particular on eschatology. And, for instance, this guy was a post-millennialist, and um, Vody Bauckham is an amillennialist, uh, Durbin and um, oh, James White are post-millennialist. So I was I had seen this video and I was uh, listener Tim. He gets mentioned today. I had I told him I said I sent him a link. I said check this video out. And I said let me know what you think and what you think about when you read that when you when you hear his description of the two cases. Tell me which one is Chalen and which one is me. And when he wrote back, he said, you're a Calvinist and he's a Reformed. <laughs> Chalen's Reformed. I said, I would, have, I would have assessed it that way as well. And then you watched it, right? And I agreed with it. You agreed, yeah. On point. I didn't, I didn't disagree <laughs> with it whatsoever. On point. Uh, I thought that was funny. You know, and... Do you realize what we've just done? We've just talked about everything that we were talking about that day when recording wasn't working. <laughs> yeah. We just did a repeat. We the only thing was you couldn't see my books. That's right. <laughs> I, could, I got to work. see them today at once. That Man, that one on Luther is thick. Oh, I did forget one. You did? did? forget one. My favorite, one of my favorite authors, Blomberg. Oh, the yeah. The Historical Rivability and Commentary on John's Gospel by InterVarsity Press. I didn't know you had that one. Eight bucks. Dude, that's good. Okay. Okay. Now, I'll repeat what I got before. I'm not going to show you them because I've got my camera sitting on the stack of books that I was going to talk about, and I didn't. I we started recording before I paid attention to where my it was at. What I picked up well, was stuff actually worked, and we had to run with it. What I picked up was an old Zondervan parallel New Testament. Now you've known before we've talked about it on the show before that I have a Zondervan uh, interlinear, and it's got the Greek and the English. It's got an inter- mm-hmm. interlinear with with wording, you know, with 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 word searches for for your um, uh, shoot. What am I trying to say? Your lexicons and things like that. Um, this has that, but this is old, and this is mid twentieth century. This one was done by um, John Phillips. John Phillips picked the Greek text and he did the interlinear translation. Their parallel was with. Um, the seven no, I don't know if it's the seventy eight NIV or not. I think it might be the uh, either the late sixties New American Standard when it was just the New Testament. They didn't have the Old Testament finished or something. But there is a there is a New Testament with it. No, it's it's. I'm sorry. I think it's the uh, King James. But anyway, and then I got a Oxford Annotated Bible with the Apocrypha. The RSV, and this is an old edition. And then I got from Tyndall an eight par- eight New Testament parallel Bible. And man, it's got Phillips New Testament. It's got King, King, King James Version, the RSV, the New American Standard, the 78 NIV. That's just five. There's three more. I forget what the other ones were. But yeah. 
um, that's a hefty tome. Um, I also picked up a um, volume 11, and this is an old edition. This is not the modern edition of the Interpreter's Bible, and this is Pauline Epistles. It has Titus, yeah. Philemon, 1st, 2nd Timothy, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians. It doesn't have Romans. Romans. I know, I just said that wrong. It doesn't have Romans or 1st and 2nd Corinthians. It has all the other Pauline epistles. And guess what's the last one? Hebrews. Hebrews. They, they take the argument that Hebrews is Pauline. We just had a discussion about this on the phone this week, did we not? We did. Because... And the reason being that people have to know is Jeopardy apparently this week, <laughs> or I guess two last weeks week. ago. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, last week or week four. Were um, the question was you know was it not which, the final Jeopardy? Was it not the final Jeopardy that they I all think, three had I to think pick it from? Was, I think it was. But it, it was basically of the Pauline epistles. Not paraphrasing of the Pauline epistles, uh, which. One of the Pauline epistles has the most Old Testament references. Yeah. To which the answer was given of uh, Hebrews. And, you know, most that, of us. That, that set know the internet on fire as Wait usual. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Once again, the, the, those, in, those who, who like to argue about things got on the internet and burned the internet down for. Burned, burned Jeopardy down. The producers of Jeopardy for saying, "Wait a minute, that is not a settled issue. Never has been a settled issue." No, and I agree, it's not. It's but not. It's, it's they, not settled. But uh, as someone, they, apparently they settled it for us. Didn't know that. Well, as someone who literally just read Hebrews the same week that happened, I don't believe in coincidences, so it's just one of those things. I told you, my conclusion is that it's Pauline. Now, whether Paul personally wrote it, I know in the Greek there's some grammar changes. But when it's translated into English and you listen to the flow of it, and that's whether you're reading it from the King James or whether you're reading it from the New American Standard, and I've read it in both. Uh, I've also read it in the Holman, and I've read it in the uh, um, uh, a couple other translations, NLT and a couple others. When you're reading that book, the arguments and everything involved, even the way he ends it, without saying I, Paul, at the beginning or the end, even, even that, the way it works, it's, it's still very much Pauline. But it doesn't necessarily read as a letter. We call it the epistle to the Church of Hebrews, or to the Hebrews, but it doesn't read like a letter. And that goes back to something that you were talking about, which I know I once heard Tom Buck on James White talk about this. Didn't he do his doctoral thesis on this? Uh, yes, it, it, it was. Tom Buck actually, believes, I have a, I have a copy of it some, somewhere. He sent me a link somewhere. Oh, I've got it printed somewhere. Tom Buck's doctoral thesis is that it's a Pauline sermon and it was recorded you know annotated and recorded by, by luke and then passed down began began to be yes. circulated but it wasn't ri originally a letter at all that would make sense Which, that's why it still has that paul flavor the argumentation is very paul and it does sound very pauline yes. like, you know yeah it, it does and Oh, and of course, I also have some other books uh, that are not particularly Christian, but one in particular that I will mention just because it's sad is this. 
I picked up a book called The Nazi Doctors, Medical Killing and the Psychology of Genocide by Robert L J. Lifton. And I've actually read this book before, but a library was getting rid of it, and I got it for 10 cents. So couldn't pass it up. Uh, we, we act like Nazis in this country today with our medical stuff. Uh, the things that they were doing, we just decide now to do it for convenience sake, you know. Killing babies, pulling their bodies apart, selling their body parts for medical research, doing embryonic stem cell research, all that other stuff. Um, one thing, and I thought about not bringing this up, and I'm going to bring it up anyway, is as you know last week, and I was upset about it, you know, I called you and talked about it, the Senate Following the election, you know, we've not recorded since the election. So we've not discussed the election at all, have we? Uh, you're talking about the red tidal wave? That, that did not happen. It <laughs> yes. was red trickle. Uh, like a, it was more like a the foam on the ocean top as it <laughs> barely trickled we could, to cover your feet. The sprinkle. The sprinkle. The red the red sprinkle. Uh, they did yeah. apparently get Pre the house, but they didn't. Those, those wonderful Republicans that apparently get the House, they did not get the Senate. Um, not only did they not get the Senate... Easy on calling them wonderful. Cause, oh, I know. You, know. It was just, you, you heard the snark, right? I but know. They got their butts handed to them and probably, you know, through no fault of their own. Um, the Republicans that did well, like in governor races and, and state legislatures, were the ones that were actually, actually... Textualists. They're actually conservatives who base their views on the Constitution and and or on Christian faith. Those people did really well. We we've still got control of the majority of the states, uh, and we do have a we squeaked by a little bitty uh, small majority in the House, just enough to be disruptive and to prevent some further damage to the country for two more years. But I have no hope anymore for what's going to happen, uh, and haven't for some time. You know, when they started talking a few weeks ago about how there was going to be a red wave, I was like, uh-oh, wait a minute, no. No, I don't think yeah. so. I don't think so. I think the country's too far gone for that. We're, there's no, there's not enough conservatism left. We, we'll see. We'll see how much damage the left can do to the country in the next two years to see if the rest of America wakes up. But I don't think it will because I think we're under God's judgment. I think this is proof what happened last week in the Senate. Um, Sh Shapiro, brought the, 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 the Democrat majority leader, did bring before the body the House bill that would, they call it the, um, was it Marriage Protection Act? It's, it's anything but. It's, it's the Marriage Desecration Act uh, in which they are recognizing, it's same-sex marriage recognition is what it is. It's got nothing to do with the, the, the law they already passed back in 1994 under Clinton, which, was to, which is what the real law was that salvaged marriage for all this time, which was saying it was between a man or a woman. And, of course, the Supreme Court, had the audacity to try to uh, spit in the eye of God in 2015 with the Obergefell decision. And while we're not a political podcast, we, we do have to report on things that are relevant to the church and are relevant to history and mankind. What they did was they needed cloture to bring it under Senate rules to bring it before the general body to vote on. You need 60 votes to even bring it before the, the Senate to, to vote. Everybody was worried on the conservative side that they might get 8 to 10 uh, Republicans. They needed at least 10 to get it. Well, don't worry. They got it, plus two. They got 12 Republican senators to say, yeah, we'll bring it before the body, and it, it's okay. We need, to, we need to vote on this. Uh, the majority of that 12 
of that 12, four of them aren't coming back. When they finally yeah. do vote on it, they won't even be there to vote on it. They're going to be out of the office because they're retiring. Yeah. So, so that's why they didn't care. And three of those had personal reasons why they wanted to go for it. One of them, for instance, who used to be against gay marriage, has changed because his son came out of the closet and wanted to marry a man. That's why. So you can always find the reasons behind these things when you look for it. So what they did was desecrate marriage. The problem is they claim there's provision for um, protections for conscience, for religion. The thing is, as Senator Mike Lee, a Republican from Utah, said, you know, I would be willing to give them a right to even at least bring it before cloture, but when I questioned them on are you going to secure um, nonprofits and faith-based organizations, not churches, faith-based organizations such as seminaries, colleges, private schools, etc., from being brought to bear on on either teaching against or or actually disassociating from people who are who are homosexual and married to each other, like not not hiring them because they're homosexual and married, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and being allowed to discriminate based on their religious beliefs, and they wouldn't give them. They wouldn't give it to him. They wouldn't give it to him, and they wouldn't tell him why they wouldn't. So he said, obviously, there's more to this. They want to wreck religious freedom. So Yeah. I so, mean, it's been the... Yes. Yeah. Look, Satan and wicked man and the, the dark powers of this earth, those in high power, um, I'm talking about the humans as well as the demonic forces, what are they opposed against? The need for a savior. They, they don't want anybody telling them that they're sinful and that they need to repent. Those angels, demons, and, and, and Satan, they're never going to repent. It wouldn't matter if they did, and they know it. And their influence is strong in the world. Don't get me wrong. God's is greater. But they're allowed to have a little, a little power. And man's mind is dark anyway. So don't say it's just demonic influence. Some people will say, you know, well, I mean, I've heard, you know, Certain who ugh, Christians, oh, pastor, who yeah, who have a little issue with admitting that America is just down because America is just sinful. It's Americans, Americans themselves are just sinners, and they want to believe that America is at heart a Christian nation, and that America is at heart a godly people. We're not. Our founding fathers and our early country had a lot of godly people in it and had a lot of christian influence but we've we've squandered that when you, when 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 a people get great light and have had and have had had the ability to follow god have had churches on every street corner and now they're all empty or they've sold out to society and won't won't take a stand for anything that's right uh what do you expect what do you expect for but this kind of thing? So what's going to happen is it's going to come back for the full body of the Senate to vote on, and it's going to be made law, and then the rest of us are going to start getting in trouble because it doesn't give the individual protection. You or I are not individually protected. It only gives churches as a congregation, and pastors, when they are actually preaching, supposedly still have freedom of speech and still have freedom of, of expression. So therefore, um, you won't get arrested yet for saying gay marriage is, is a mirage and it's wrong, it's not real, and marriage can only be between one man and a woman. But if you start discriminating based on that, oh, no protection based on your religious principles. Oh, it's coming. You mm -hmm. know what I know. We've talked about this for years, and then people... It already exists in Canada, to a certain degree. Well, people laughed at you and I over this. 
Yeah. Because we said this many times ago, and people laughed at us. They're like, oh, we, we what, what was our common thing we always heard? Well, we're in the Bible Belt. Yeah. It don't. It won't affect I, us. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't matter, you know? You know, yes, we have a state legislature here that has been keeping our executive power here in our state at bay for the last few years. But that doesn't matter when the federal government is moving the other way. Then the federal government, you know, there is a right of primogenitor in which the federal law supersedes state law. So if a federal law states, no, every, and it does state this, that every state must recognize what one state recognizes or one municipality recognizes as marriage, then every other municipality in America has to recognize it, whether they want to or not. So it just basically codifies um, a burger field which they've never done with Roe v. Wade, but they're going to do that in the coming new year. That's, that's, that's what they claim. Oh, sure. They claim they're going to do that, and I, you know, they just might. It, I don't know that it can happen right now because there's not enough Republicans in the House that would, that would ever let it go to the Senate. And, they, and those kind of bills do have to start in the House. They've already passed it in the House a couple of times in the past, but every time it goes to the Senate, it doesn't get, it doesn't get cloture. I think if they had kept the House, the Democrats had kept the House, I think 2023 would be the year they would they would codify Roe v. Wade. Now I don't know that they can until at least 2024, well, at least 2025, if they win, if they get another Democrat wave, a blue wave comes in, and they just totally decimate the Republican Party, which is what they've been trying to do. They don't want any conservatism left. They don't want any traditionalism left. They don't want any faith or family values left in this country. And um, it's just basically a, a rip on God. And look, I'm not, I'm not belittling everyone in the country that has ever voted Democrat or, is, or, is, or has ever been registered as a Democrat. The majority of my family when I was growing up were registered Democrats, and they may still be for all I know. But they usually voted Republican, especially in national elections. But that's not even the point. What I'm saying is, it's not the Democratic Party that it was even 20 years ago. The reason I say that is because in 1994, which was just 18 years ago, uh, going on 19, the Democratic Party voted as well as the Republicans to protect marriage. Okay? You couldn't get that law passed today. Obviously, they, they just passed a law that's the opposite of it. Well, they just brought it to the Senate. It's already been passed in the House, so when the, when the Senate does vote in its full body, it will pass. They'll have enough votes because they kept control of the Senate. As of right now, the way things look, they're actually Democrats are actually going to gain a seat if that apostate in Georgia gets his re-election this this coming January this coming December and just a couple of weeks and I think he will I really do I don't think that uh, football guy Herschel Walker's got a, a snowball chance I think it's going to be um, Reverend um, oh I got you now back at froze there for a minute yeah I I think Warnock is going to win I, I think he's I see four point lead the other yeah. day. I just happened to look. Yeah, you know, and then you to beat it all. Everybody thinks that the the savior's running now. I guess. Oh yeah, that's another thing we haven't mentioned. Um, the great one, uh, the, the the last president, has now decided he's going to run for re-election. That never works out. <laughs> it, it just. I, I want to be preacher of rapture so bad. <laughs> So bad. I do too. So bad, I, I do too. And and I, you know me, I've waffled. I've changed my opinion on the rapture. But 
Um, yeah, it'd be nice if I knew we were all going up before this everything really hits the fan, but I don't know. I don't know. Ah. Uh. Hey, I wanna I wanted to tell you something. Um in doing a little a little look through on justification, which is gonna be our next topic. It was going to be our topic for this week, but I'm gonna be honest with you, between Thanksgiving holiday and all the stuff and how busy I've been at work. I've gotten off every night at like at eight o'clock. Um, and the fact that we just spent 30 minutes trying to get the computers to work. It was more like 45. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to point out. But, <laughs> it was. But who's counting? But who's counting? Uh, I wanted to point something out. Uh, you, you can see this book, right? I know I look good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is the Holman. You know who Holman is, right? The SBC publisher. Billy. Yeah. Holman. Yeah. Holman's Treasury of Key Bible Words. 200 Greek. 200 Hebrew words defined and explained. Eugene Carpenter and Philip Comfort. Now, Comfort's a great textualist. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the guys that mm-hmm. when you buy those, um, have you ever seen those uh, facsimiles you can get of like P49 and all that stuff, P76, yeah. that you can get in a folio and a big big book? It's like $200 for one book. Uh, Comfort is the editor of that. Okay? So I want to take you to a word that's very important because this is what you and I are going are doing our little are doing our next lesson on for this for this show by the way not not for Sunday school or anything like that which I guess that's something we could announce as well that you are you are starting a um, Sunday school class not not Sunday but a week from Sunday right yeah so not okay. tomorrow so but the first Sunday of December one of my very a very good friend of mine. I actually was one of the ones that first started telling me uh, yeah. about Hanson. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the one that really uh, led me to listen to Tom, the expository. He was really there on the groundbreaking when I asked a lot of questions. Bob has been a very, uh, man, somebody that I love, respect. I, you know, the value of his friendship sometimes may be understated because it's, and he's he was there at the beginning of a lot. And, Anyway, ended up at Hanson really because of uh, him guiding me that way. Well, Bob has decided to step down from Sunday school just because he wants to, uh, just wants a break, but he also wants to, I I think, maybe if I'm speaking wrong, I may be, I think you may want to be available to preach a little bit more, uh, to do some things like that. I think so, and he was this this past Sunday. I saw him in the parking lot. Yes, and you and I... Uh, I'm going to teach and you're going to be my backup or counterpart or whatever in the world we want to call it. Doesn't matter to me, but we're beginning a new Testament survey is what we're going to begin with. Um, um, I've actually preparing a lot of stuff. Now we're going to start in the, probably the most boring thing, the intertestamental period, <laughs> just a, just a few weeks. I hope you're um, saying that with your tongue printed planted firmly in cheek because that, that's actually a very exciting period in, in history especially well, in bible is, history it, you know it's one of them that you, we're going to teach because a lot of people we, it's often ignored and overlooked though and it, that's what leads to a lot of the things that these discussions between the pharisees the sadducees the scribes the essenes all these other jewish sects and what's going on with jesus and his ministry and john the baptist and his ministry in those gospels if you know these things it makes the context of those arguments there in the gospels make more sense well, if I were to say to the average Christian, the the, the out of that sect, there's the Pharisees, Sadducees, and Essenes. Mm-hmm. 
nobody knows who the scenes are. Right. But they play kind of a crucial role with the background of things. But also when we talk about Judas, um, not Judas, uh, uh, Barabbas was right. part of the, yeah. you know, we understand where he comes from. We talk about the zealots. We understand where the zealots come from. Why does we why does the gospel writers why do the gospel writers make a point of telling you that one of the twelve, Simon the Zealot? Yeah. Why did, why is that mentioned? And, Nobody ever talks about it. He's what, a zealot. What was the zealots? So why was Barabbas so hated? It has to do with that political time period in which they lived, because believe it or not, contrary to a lot some people say history matters and people sometimes need a history lesson because in order to put the Bible in its proper context, we need to understand the historical setting in which it was written. I beat that drum and beat that drum. Not according and to, cont- not according to a large percentage of your, your current, uh, uh, reformed Baptist theologians, though they're well, moving away from that. They want to, they want to bring in Thomas and get all mystical. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just listen to recent whatever. episodes of James White. Oh, I, I, I know. It's and I scary love how weird. It's scary we're, how weird they're we're getting. On, we're on the James White side. Exactly. Let's be clear yet. Yes. And he is getting absolutely berated. Uh, and I want to get a hold of Pastor Gabe. I'd like to have Gabe back on to talk about this. Thomas. See what? He, yeah. Uh, see what he thinks. Yeah, I'd really like to have him because you know he's more entrenched in that a little bit more than we are being kind of more mainstream. You and I are just kind of niche people. Now, this book just gives you a one-page thing on justification mm-hmm. or to justify, but it's very concise, and it's very good. There's no, there's not much opinion in here. That's what I like, right? Yeah. The whole point about this is your sources. I want to remind Christians as they're doing research on, on doctrinal studies to be careful what sources you're using. I'm not normally a giant fan of the Holman Publishing Company. They sometimes put out some lightweight stuff. This is pretty good, considering. I've had this book for some time. Uh, this... Not much in here. I'm not really. You notice I didn't underline anything or highlight it, but it was a it was a fine piece of of definitional stuff, right? Now I want to show you another one. I didn't read it, read from it, because I don't want to jump the the jump off the boat a little too soon, because we are going to be doing justification very soon. Roy's going to read the whole book silently to himself while on the podcast live and just create a ton of dead air at this moment. No. Um, if you can see right now, he's thumbing through the book as though we can hear what they well, did right now. I was in Vine's dictionary, and uh, it wasn't the one I was thinking of. Okay. I had one. What I wanted to point out was there was this one. Makes great air. Makes great you know, radio, <laughs> audio recording. Okay. He sits there and reads a book silently to himself. I'll like, have this ready next help. time. But one of these books, I not only underlined and highlighted, I wrote marginal notes in it, which I don't do that a lot in a book to, to express my dis- dismay at the fact that they only gave one, that they gave a very lopsided approach. So what they do when they talk about justification is they, they talk about the quote Calvinist view and the other generally Protestant view of justification and which side do you think they took? <laughs> the, the, the generally Protestant yeah. view. And they basically said that the, the, the way justification is used, the, the, in general, uh, dikaio, am I saying that wrong? Dikaiosis is one word, but dikaio. Yeah, I just don't, I just, I'm just not pronouncing it correctly, but dikaio 
the word we, we use is justification. Uh, they are basically saying that um, people put too much emphasis on the word and its strictest meaning, which is that it would be that someone is doing it for you, since it's a, since it's a courtroom terminology, to be made righteous, to be, made, to be set free because your crime has been pardoned or set aside or you've been found factually innocent. There's a big difference between not guilty and factually innocent, right? Oh, yeah. And courts rarely acknowledge anyone as factually innocent. You go from being, you're, first you're made not guilty anymore, and then you're made factually innocent. And is their concept and justification. But they talk about the fact that um, basically Calvinists are too legalistic on it and too precise. And that the generally held view is that it's not... Oh, heaven help we be precise on anything. Yeah. That most of the times the word is used, it's just a general term. And it just means to be made righteous. And it's not necessarily specific to God being the one providentially doing it. And I, that's the part I was going to talk about. You know, always know that everyone's got a bias. We've all got a bias. You've got a bias. I've got a bias. So when I'm reading these things, I'm catching those types of phrases because I'm like, I don't really agree with that necessarily. And um, haven't, haven't for quite some time. You know, one of the things I struggled with the most was the L in TULIP. And you know that, right? We, we used to have conversations about uh-huh. that. Limited atonement. Limited atonement. I used to say, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And the Lord is not, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So he left the gate open for everyone, but man chooses not to follow. Well, you know what? Even as someone who believes in limited atonement, I can still say that because man does reject God all the time. It's just God's already preordained. He already knows, and he's preordained those that he's going to elect to to come to him, in and it's not anything that we did to deserve it. In fact, it's because we're undeserving. He picks the worst people on the planet sometimes to make righteous. Have you ever noticed that? Oh yeah. He, he, we're all sinners, and we all deserve hell. Once we come to that realization that none of us are good, no man does good, no one seeks God, right? When we come to that realization, um, it's really it's really a lot easier to rest in the fact that you no, know, God chose me. I don't know why, but he did. I did jump the boat, didn't I? I went on and started the, the lesson yeah. ahead of time. Didn't mean to do that. Sorry, folks. I guess you know my bias now if you didn't know it before. Yeah, it... it oh, man. I, I we got to shut up because we'll just wind up, we'll wind up talking for another hour and teaching the class ahead of time. But I'm going to be your backup. So I'm going to be your backup in that class, and so we'll, we'll be working in tandem. Um, I also think you said that there would be... I, they may not be doing it to the beginning of the year, but didn't you say they were talking about putting uh, your classes on the uh, internet? Yeah, they're going. My understanding, they because it, it was nothing to do with me. No, right, they wanted it to pick. To do, they were going to pick that class. It was to, a yeah. It was a brand new beginning to a class, so you're not coming in after a class has been established. I mean, the class has been established, but the teacher is. But the materials different. We're right. going. And it, we're not we're not using I'm, you know basically I'm making the own curriculum as we go. I That's mean, right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with people that use the book. Some people use the no. Books and some people some people, it's people just, use Lifeway. So neither you me, or I have ever used it. That's just it. I, I I struggle more with the books because I end up 
not covering any of it, then I got to skip all of it the next week and go to the, you know, <laughs> so it's just easier if I just teach the Bible. Right. Um, so they asked if they could record that class to put on YouTube uh, for as long as we'll be allowed to be on YouTube. Uh, they asked if we could do that, and I, I sure I did not have a problem with it. Um, so, no, I think it's going to start immediately, I think. Maybe not the first week, because the first week will kind of be, you know, this is where we're headed, this is where we're going. It's going to mostly uh, be an introduction. Here I am, and I want to tell yeah. you what we're going to do. I understand. I, I don't that. know that, yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of the vision for the class, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm already thinking ahead, and the reason being is you know how I am about material. I've got to gather some material. So I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I don't want to say a conundrum, but a conundrum. I thought about going to church history, but I think we're going to go into the Bible immediately uh, and go into Scripture right away. And I think I'm going I'm to let the class choose, but I think the, the two books that I am looking at going to first after New Testament survey is either Ephesians, a Pauline epistle, or uh, the book of Acts, um, kind of the beginnings of the church. But I'm going to let the class choose which one. Which one do you want to embark on? They're they're both going to be long journeys. As a voting member, I would I would <laughs> I would choose Acts just because it would continue what you'd already started. And I think that's you know what I will. Um, well, you are a voting member, uh, so I'm going to let the class vote which one you know to go to, and 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 being because I want to start gathering material because one of the uh, if we're going to do Acts, I'm going to. Get my hands on that three volume set of Keener. That yeah. He did that three volume oh, set. Oh, yeah, of he did, didn't he? Yeah. So, so the great thing there is, you know, with the price, I can buy them one volume at a time. At a time, and it doesn't break the bank. And it'll take me oh, a long time, a while to get through the first volume. Mm -hmm. I mean, before we ever get it. I mean, it's not, I'm not, especially in the classroom setting, I, I, I've told you. No need to get in I have no agenda. So, I don't have, or we set the curriculum, so basically if we come in today and there's, we'll have a PowerPoint and there's five or six bullet points and we get through half of one and we're still discussing, then that's where we're going to pick up next week. I mean, we have, there is no timeline of, hey, this is 2023 and I want to get through Acts in 2023. I, I, I don't have that timeline. No. Oh, and so, so that's coming and um, we may either just add, just remind people of it and let them seek it out on their own if they want to seek it out. Or we could even possibly steal the audio and release it as an audio only without the video if you wanted. That way we don't have anybody's faces or backs of their heads on there that didn't wouldn't consent to be on here. Because we're going to move towards video in the future, as you know. Um, yes, 2022, it didn't work out. We didn't get video before the end of 20. We actually have a video program that we've never released, but and I think I will release it soon. Is is we we videoed Gabe Hughes, and we have his consent to release it. Probably do it once I figure out exactly how to make it work as both audio and video on the podcast. If that doesn't work out, because I don't want to do the whole thing where I'm syncing it um, from the microphone to that. Sometimes they, they get out of sync. If that doesn't work out, I'll just release it as a video on the website. I'm one or the other. I'm not sure yeah. yet, but that's coming. Uh, we're going to have him back on. We've got two or three great guests lined up. I've got a side project that I'm getting that I already discussed with you that I was going to do. Um, it's going to be called Conversations with a Christian, and I'm just gonna 
I'm going to put the audio on our podcast feed, or if I figure out how to do both audio and video at the same time, which it is possible because I know John Cooper does it on Cooper stuff. I'll either do that or I'll just do it. Um, and they'll just be random. They'll be just occasionally. Um, there's a, an, um, there's several sermons coming up um, that we're going to be releasing. I've got two of Tom's sermons that I'm going to be releasing. Uh, I've got your sermon from tomorrow. I'm probably going to be releasing that. Just let you know in, in addition. That's actually that. what I'm... If you see me working off to my right, I actually have a... Well, I'll just share it with you. Sure. I actually have a... Uh, I'm working on my, you know how I am about uh, block diagram. Here's here's what I I'm actually beginning to. Can you see that? Actually, I see it fine. Yeah, I'm working on that's my. That's a nice that, graph. That's not, that's not the manuscript that I take, but it goes with me behind the pulpit. My block diagram does. Um, I like so that. So this is in Word Biblical that I use, and it's a canvas. And so I can go through and add the cards, the Greek cards of uh, Greek cards of how many times it's used, uh, used in these ways to anger, to provoke, to anger, to obedient. Then I come down here and we're looking, and that's discipline. It's you know my use for personal instruction, correction. It may be you know. So I have these things that this is essentially what I read the text from. Oh, I don't know how that got there. <laughs> uh, um, that is essentially what I read the text from when I'm behind the pulpit, and then. You know, of course, I have a flow chart that goes verse by verse with me, but this is kind of, you know. We know um, as this is Thanksgiving weekend, we didn't speak. We didn't talk yesterday, did we? When I was at, when I was at work, I don't think I don't so. Think so. And Thursday during Thanksgiving Day, we didn't speak. So the last time we spoke was Friday was Wednesday evening. Uh, this being Saturday morning, um, but something has happened in the last few days. That's made me think about your message, and before we get off the, after we get off the air, but before we hang up from each other in a minute, I want to tell you that and just let you know what I heard, and you can decide whether or not you want to use it tomorrow as just a brief quotation, it's, but it was interesting. Um, I, I actually heard it from two different sources, and I thought both times, I was like, man, why am I hearing this from two completely different sources, both of them Christian, and it's, it goes along perfectly with Ephesians chapter 6 that you're going to speak on tomorrow. So we'll be putting that message out. And two of Tom's. It's actually Tom's two most recent sermons. I'm putting them both out. Um, yeah, because we're going through Second Peter right now. Yeah, three I want to do the one on Psalm 119, and I want to do the one on on Second Peter uh, chapter is it three? Uh, yes. And then um, we're going to get back with Gabe, and we've got a couple people in mind that we'd like to get in the future, and. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to tell you yet. I'm not going to tell them yet. You know who it is. Um, You're going to email him? I'm going to email him. <laughs> yeah, I've got it written upstairs on my marker board. Email a certain yeah, person, person. Whose, whose initials are RP to ask about a person whose names, his initials is JW. And I'd like to get them both on, honestly. Hold on. Who do you, who's the first one you want to email? What was the first initial? You have to email RP to talk to JW. Oh, okay. everything goes yeah, through yeah, him. Yeah. He decides whether or not he even passes it on. I just heard them talking about this recently. Uh, RP's been on the oh, almost said the, the show uh, quite a bit lately, and they've been goofing and talking to each other. They've they've put out a lot of shows in the last couple of weeks. And uh, could this word be why you heard that? Could could be yes, could be. I'd love to get. <laughs> To get him involved in a couple of the conversations we're having. Um, 
So there's that, and don't know that he'll do it. Ooh, but, I didn't know, but if he does it, yeah. You, I didn't know. You, I didn't know you knew how to get a hold of J Mike. I do know how to get. Uh, you know, J Mike is not who we're talking about. No, we're, we're not talking about. We're not talking about the Protestant Pope. <laughs> I'm not. No, no, it's the Evangelical Pope. pope. That's right. That's right. That's what Todd Friel called it. Yeah, yeah, Evangelical yeah. Pope. There's no way we would ever get John MacArthur on our show, but it, but that'd be awesome too, just to say, hey, thank you for all those years of service to the Lord and to the Church. It's been a blessing. Oh, I picked up another book by him recently. Um, where is it? It's gone. Our Sufficiency in Christ, but I think I've already talked about that in a previous episode. Yeah, that's been a month or so, a month or two ago. We've recorded an episode where I talked about it. That's from the 90s. Anyway, um, so we're close to finishing up here. I just wanted to say... Um, so I'm you, excited to hear sound, by the way. To oh, yeah, see. me too. To tell you listeners that, well, yes, we have been struggling. We have tried to record two or three times in the last month and a half, and it's just not worked out. And I did look at it, and you and I got – I actually got a case of the sads when I saw that since July – actually since June, we've actually only recorded like five times total. <laughs> it's it's well, sad, but, be, but we're trying. My daughter, we had fall football start. Oh, yeah. And my daughter – decided for the first time she wanted to cheer so we traveled around with uh pop warner uh football i don't even guess that's a term anymore pop warner football i don't guess that's what it's called anymore wow which aged ourselves uh, <laughs> you know uh, what is it? rotary football i don't even know i think that's even after i don't know J- junior pro football i guess we we traveled around in the various counties to to uh cheerlead and shout out to my daughter they took second place <laughs> or third in the second or third don't remember in the cheerleading competition so we were gone every saturday doing that well and there's and been a lot of other stuff too there's been sickness you've had sickness your family's had sickness uh, we've had it here to the extent that the thanksgiving was canceled for us we're doing it tomorrow we're doing it sunday afternoon starting at 1 30 because we've oh, had ours to- was too here honestly oh my was it brother-in-law has the my brother-in-law has the, I guess, the flu. He's going to get tested today, so that's been the we've issue. We've moved it from their house to our house. Yeah, my my daughter, house. my daughter moved into a house, a rental house, and last week. And during the course of that week, we were around her and her her boyfriend. Her boyfriend came down with it first, and it was, I think, it was type A flu, and she got it. She woke up. She started feeling bad last Saturday. Sunday morning, she uh, yeah, like one thirty in the morning. So Saturday night slash Sunday morning, she she sent my wife a text and said, "Mom, I've got a fever. I guess I've got it too." So yeah, so she didn't work uh, in the office where she works this week. She worked from home. Thank goodness they let her do that. So she didn't because she's not been there long enough really to have sick time built up yet. So she would have not no, been paid. And- that work at home started. There was some kind of virus that was prevalent a couple of years ago that we don't hear nothing about anymore. Uh, well, its name is really slipping me right now. Hmm. And it was really prevalent. And we even shut down some things because I don't even hear about it. The anymore. camel virus, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the bird flu. Something. Um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, so. So my daughter, it's another thing that's happened probably since we recorded. My daughter is now working for state government doing the exact same job that I retired from. So, and working with her boss is someone that used to she be my, only does it better. Used to be, oh, 
from what I've heard, she's doing. Look, I'm going to tell you, uh, her boss was is my friend. He sent me a text around Thanksgiving and said, "I want you to know." He's a good. He's a good Christian. He he said I, he listens to us. By the way, he said I want you to know that Haley, that's my daughter's name, has been a real asset to us and a blessing. She is doing an excellent job. He and I was like, I'm glad because she really likes it. I think she's she sort of found her niche in life. Um, um, I may have mentioned it before. I was a parole officer, so she's a parole officer now. So. Anyway, uh, so there's that. But anyway, uh, we've had to wait for everybody to not have a fever and to have 48 hours or more of clear time because we have other members of our family that are we don't want them to get sick because of their health sure. complications and because of um, some people have some like procedures coming up soon and they don't want to cancel them, and I understand that. So we did move. Everything worked out to where we could get everybody together tomorrow. So I've got family coming in from Indiana. I've got family coming in just from this county and – and different stuff, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be good, um, it's weird when it's not the actual day, but Sandy and I spent the day decorating the house for Christmas, so nobody even got oh, to see our Thanksgiving decorations, my wife had the dining room table laid out really pretty with the fall harvest thing, we, she wiped that all off the table, we, the dining room is, is set up like Christmas, and we've got our Christmas tree in the dining room instead of the living room for the first time ever, because you know, we took that wall down, we got that old, you haven't been here, have you, since we oh. did it? So we got an open concept upstairs now. Yeah, I knew you guys were working on it. Yeah, I didn't know if you guys had. Oh well, it's finished. It's finished. finished oh, yeah, it's it nice. oh yeah. So anyway, um, looking forward to that. Um, I'll say one final thing about Thanksgiving. You know, the Lord says in His Word, "In all things, give thanks." That's in all things. So while Chandler and I might have been goofing part of the time during this podcast other times we were optimistic about some things and we've been negative about other things especially me about the the political landscape but it's more no matter what and i was listening to someone talk about thanksgiving this week and they were saying can you be thankful it was james white i'll just tell you he said can you be like Corey ten boom's sister if you've never read the hiding place you should i've got the hiding place in paperback that i've had since the 70s is one of the earliest books um, that I ever read on biography as a young kid, probably too young to read it. It was devastating to me. Uh, the Ten Booms were a family in Europe who harbored Jews. And eventually they made their way to the, um, once the hiding place was discovered where they hid people in their attic in a, in a false room. They had a, they had a hidden room behind a grandfather clock. Once that was found out, they were all arrested and sent to concentration camps. Well, Corey and her sister were there, and Corey was giving thanks in a prayer to the lice that had made infested their barrack and made it so devastating that the Nazis wouldn't actually come in. The Gestapos wouldn't come in and search their room or anything, so they were able to keep a Bible and have Bible study. And she was giving thanks to God for sending those lice. And Corey was like upset and crying and said, there's no way I can give thanks and praise God for the lice that are chewing us up all night, making it impossible for us to sleep. And she said, yeah, in all things, give thanks. That's something, that's a devastating indictment for us Americans and us privileged Westerners who don't realize that the rest of the world don't have it as good as we do. And that was the Western world not that many years ago, only 70-something years ago. And we're going to have to get used to maybe having less in this country and in, in our daily lives, less food, less access, less freedom. But, you know, in all things, give thanks. And... um 
that's going to be a lesson to me because I, I like my stuff. I ain't going to lie. But um, one one thing about Thanksgiving this year was that it was on the 24th of November. And I looked at that and I thought on my calendar that morning, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen very often that it's on the 24th. I can only remember a couple other times in my life. And every time it happened, it's always weird. It was my dad's birthday. Oh, really? Yes. And he would have been um, 84. He died at age 76. Um, lung issues killed him. Um, but he um, he died at 76. So this coming February will be eight years since he passed away. This coming February will be three years since my mom passed away because she passed away the same year we started recording this in 2020. Yeah, so, I remember that. Yeah, and she was 80 when she passed away. Um, she would have been, she would, on my birthday this, this year, December 20th, if she was alive, she would be 83. So she she lived to be 80. Um, but both of them have passed away. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, uh, I miss my dad. I loved him. We didn't always see eye to eye. He would not agree with you and I on most of the things we talk about. He was a Baptist preacher. Yeah, but, sh- yeah, but shockingly... For as, how do I say this, um, fundamental as he was? Yeah. Uh, and when I say that, I mean the fundamentalist yeah, movement, movement that we yeah. know about, uh, yeah. the King James only kind of. But your dad, shockingly, as ingrained in that as he was, there was a lot of stuff that he would agree on us against what a lot of those people believe. That is based true. Based on your and I conversation. Yeah, it is true. It's weird. He was, uh, he was one of those guys that was never, it was like, you know, there were some things where he was definitely not as legalistic. As others, and there were other areas where he was way too legalistic. So it just depends on which subject matter it is. But anyway, um, so happy birthday to Dad! And um, Chalen, it was really good to record again. And I got to say, your new setup is great. The gear is great because your voice is crisp and clear. It's awesome sounding, and your camera is awesome. I mean, it's the other one was always a little cloudy, a little off filter, like it wasn't wouldn't filter light as well. This one's great. Everything is great. Well, excuse the messy office. Like I said, this is what sermon prep one-on-one looks like for me. There's stuff everywhere. You've definitely outgrown that room. <laughs> You've got so many books no, now. It's ridiculous. There, there, oh, there's a whole closet full. Yeah, I you mean, told me you I mean, run out is, of space. That you Remember when you used just, to have all your commentaries on that one shelf behind your head over there? And now you don't used e- to have them in front of me, stacked up against yep. the wall now, with a monitor. Yet. Now you don't even bother. There's no way you could put all your books there on one shelf or even on one case. No, and that we're not even counting on the totes in the basement full of books <laughs> that I know yeah. are really stuff I've read and they're good reading, but they're not sources. Right. So the only thing that is that is upstairs in my office, if I'm not quote unquote reading it. Or have if I have read it, it goes downstairs unless it is a source. Well, did you know I've got a little section over in the other the other room with all the other bookshelves? I've got a little section now where I've got books laying on top of the other stacks, and that's because they've been read thoroughly, and I'm not sure I'll ever read them again. And they're not something that I'm going to underline and reuse. Those are books that I'm thinking about getting rid of. In fact, I gave some books away this past week, including a Smith's Bible Dictionary, because I wound up with two copies somehow. This stuff happens to me all the time. I get books and realize, oh, I've already got that book. (laughs) I mean, and we're not even in my Logos library. Nope. There's like 8,000 books in my Logos library. Yeah, your online library is is really hitting, too. This this has been a lot of fun, though. Um, I miss doing it. 
Um, we still talk all the time. I mean, th- there's no rift between you we and still I. Talk daily. It's, no, we still yeah, talk daily. Yeah, it's, it's just every, been look, here's, every day here's this week day. until Thursday. We had we had talked extensively. <laughs> and then it was I was cooking. Yeah. Um, here here's here's the best way to say it. We literally life happened, and then every time we tried to record, we had technical glitches. It was a technical error. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't from lack of trying. It was every time technical errors. I mean, yeah. literally, if we would get on, get signed in, get going on. You're going, I can't read your mic. Well, even right oh, now, God. even though everything's recording great, I'm scared of this cord because there's a short in this cord, <laughs> this USB cord. It may have it not dr- been cord because once I signed in, we were good to go. You notice we ain't had a problem since I signed in differently. That's true. That's I would true. still get a cord just to be on the safe side. I'm going to. But but I don't know that it wouldn't purely, I was signed, and I didn't catch that, and that's why you saw me go away and restart, mm-hmm. because I thought, man, I'm signed into the one I don't pay for, and I bet they really limit what you could do. Yeah. Um, so, all right, well, good deal, man. Let's sign off. This has been a lot of fun. You want to tell me something off the air? Yeah. You want to tell me something off the air, don't you? Okay. Sure. This has been a lot of fun, folks. Um, Stay with us. There'll be more stuff coming uh, in December. We love you. We're praying for you. You continue to pray for us in this ministry and uh, continue to subscribe to us. Stay on it. If you have any comments or suggestions or questions for us, send it to comments at dumbspeak.com. That's comments at dumbspeak.com. God bless. Oh,